Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome to Face Connecticut, an in-depth look at today's issues. Good morning and welcome to another edition of Face Connecticut on WTIC News Talk 1080, 96.5 TIC-FM and Light 100.5 WRCH. Aaron Kupek with you on this Sunday morning and we are pleased to be joined by Wayne Pesch. He is president of the Connecticut Food Association, representing grocery stores around the state. Good morning to you, sir. Uh, Good morning, Aaron. So, Wayne, we've been hearing a lot about inflation and shortages lately. How are things at the grocery store these days? Oh, well, we continue to see, you know, the upending of food prices and the disruption in the supply chain almost a year and a half into the pandemic. As the pandemic spread in the spring of 2020, uncertainty and anxiety swept across the country. And, you know, the public health crisis left many Americans unsure about the impact on their lives. So in an instant, people went from eating more than half of their meals at restaurants to cooking virtually everything at home. For example, prior to the pandemic, 52% of households, you know, food spending was at restaurants. Two months later, that number fell to 34%. So that shift presented a huge challenge for the supply chain because you know, food, food that was sold to restaurants and other food services uh, couldn't just be rerouted to grocery stores. And there was some initial struggles to keep up with the, the surge in demand. So if people go into a grocery store today, are they going to see some bare shelves or short supplies or, or are things fairly under control? Uh, I wouldn't say that they're going to see bare shelves. I would say that there are some intermittent stocks, uh, out of stocks on on different products, you know, mainly caused by, you know, the disruption disruption in the supply chain. But uh, no, I don't think folks are going to be seeing empty shelves. They'll they'll, they'll see some intermittent out of stocks. They may go to the store uh, on one day uh, and not get a particular item, but a couple of days later they can go back and that item will be uh, back in stock. Now, explain to us how the supply chain works, because it seems that there are various stages and there have been issues at multiple stages recently. Yeah, well, so, for example, you know, initially a lot of the out of stocks that we saw when the pandemic began uh, in, in March of 2020 was really due to panic buying. So you had Uh, folks coming in and they were nervous about what was in their pantry and they went and they, they, they just stocked up as quickly as they could. Um, There's a term in, um, in, in the supply chain called just in time inventory where, you know, retailers are pretty good knowing what their sales volume is, 
But when you get a rush of consumers, you know, uh, for lack of a better term, hoarding certain items, uh, it's difficult to keep up uh, and the supply chain is not built that way. So that's that was the initial uh, problem that we saw in, into March and April and May of, of 2020. And then if you go a little further down the road, what happened was is you saw um, uh, animal protein shortages. We had workers that were working in manufacturing facilities uh, that couldn't come to work because there were, you know, there was the spread of the, the COVID, you know, into these facilities and it, it cut down on their ability to produce and the production of, of those items. Uh, so you saw that factor. And then now what you've seen is a disruption in the supply chain uh, with items that are either imported items, uh, items that are coming in uh, from other parts of the globe, whether they're uh, agricultural items or imported items that you know, are, are waiting longer than they would normally wait in a port to get in, uh, or you're seeing uh, trucking shortages and labor shortages in the trucking industry, which are driving some of uh, these intermittent out-of-stocks because we don't have enough folks driving trucks to get products from the manufacturer to the retailer. So um, this has been an interesting uh, and difficult road uh, that has a variety of factors as to why you've seen different shortages at different times uh, in the last year and a half. Now, do you see grocers leaning more on local producers to help kind of fill this gap? I suspect there aren't as many issues in the supply chain if something's coming only 100 miles as opposed to several thousand. I don't. Um, I mean, the good news is that there's plenty of food in the, in, in the supply chain, and, and these are short-term you know, issues that are related to uh, product availability due to logistical challenges and delays, you know, getting food to the consumer. Um, there's not a food shortage. There's a, um, uh, you know, there's a logistical disruption that we're, that we are working through. Um, so I, I don't really see this, this move to local supply chains that, that are going to solve the problem, uh, anytime soon, certainly not by, um, the holiday season coming up into Thanksgiving and Christmas. Now, the supply chain issues are one thing, and then there's in- inflation. How is that connected with supply chain issues? You have what's called a, um, you know, the price indexes that are done by the Bureau of Life, uh, Labor Statistics. There's a consumer price index, which is calculated using food prices at retail and the producer price index producer price index, which uses prices by, you know, paid by firms in the supply chain, you know, which includes farmers and, and, and trucking and manufacturing costs. And what's happening now and what we're seeing, part of the drive in the inflation and the cost of, um, you know, uh, price increases in food is, is due to some of these labor shortages and inability to get um, you know, food uh, to the stores. For example, fuel prices are up right now. Um, that's going to drive the cost of food up. Um, um, you know, labor labor uh, in, in these manufacturing facilities and the ability to run 24 hours. You know, you have manufacturers who are shutting down uh, and they may be running 12 hours or 16 hour shifts. So all of these things um, are combining 
in in a perfect storm to kind of you know just drive the cost of you know goods up, and and we're seeing that. I, I will say this: um, most grocery retailers work at about a one to three percent margin, um, depending on your business model, and and they can only absorb those cost increases from manufacturers and suppliers for so long. They do. But eventually, they're passing those costs on to consumers, and that's what we're seeing right now. What are you telling consumers as they get prepared to shop for Thanksgiving and then the the end of the year holidays? What should they expect? Should they do anything different from past years? Yeah, I yes, I I would recommend that you make a list. I would you know plan as many meals in advance as possible as you you know as you can. Um, I would sign up for the, you know, the store's uh, loyalty program and, and download an app uh, for, for my retailer. And, um, you know, I would consider buying store brands um, if some of the national brands aren't available. But, you know, get in there and shop early. And uh, if you don't have a particular item on that particular trip, it gives you time to go back and, and get that item because that item will be there. Um, again, there's not a, a shortage of food. There's a inability to get the food to the stores um, uh, in a way that you would normally see uh, if we weren't you know, dealing with these issues right now that we're dealing with in the supply chain. What's the best guess on when these issues might be resolved? Uh, we're well into 2022. This is... Um, you know, the, the combination of increased costs for raw materials and the production and distribution issues, um, we're looking well into 2022, Aaron. Um, this is not something that's going to solve itself overnight. Uh, it will work itself out over time as the pandemic subsides and as things get back to, um, you know, the, 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 the job market gets a little bit better and folks get back to work and production and um, some of these other elements that drive food prices uh, get back to, uh, you know, whatever that new normal is. But um, this we're well into 2022 uh, before this corrects itself. Now, you touched on labor issues earlier. How are your members dealing with the employment situation? Do they have enough workers or do you have grocery stores around Connecticut that have the help wanted sign out? We all have the help wanted sign out. Um, you know, the, the first thing we do, the first thing that we can do is value the folks who work for us today and make sure that, um, you know, they're being treated correctly and, 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 um, uh, feeling good about working in a grocery store. And then it's bringing in new folks and teaching them the business as well. But, you know, the, the, the grocery store business is no different than all of these other businesses around us, whether they're other retailers or, you know, distributors and suppliers who can't find truck drivers, the, the job market out there um, is very, very competitive. So, um, yeah, we, we can definitely um, use uh, some bodies. Uh, and, and I think we fall into the same category as most, you know, restaurants and other retailers as it relates to trying to find help today. It's, it's very difficult. We heard about hero pay during the pandemic. What sort of incentives have you heard from retailers trying to to get 
new people on board? Well, I, I think, Aaron, the first thing, and I, I mentioned this briefly, you, you take care of the people that you have. And, and a lot of different retailers have done different creative things. They've offered up um, discounts on food to employees or food, food cards, you know, uh, incentives for employees to come to work. I know there's been um, some incentive pay for people who came to work. I, I'm fairly certain most of the retailers in Connecticut um, we're paying hero pay, many of them up until the vaccine was available. Um, uh, but certainly till positivity rates had gone down and the masks had come off. So, um, again, you know, there's a business model that we have and, um, you know, our labor rates are, are a part of that. Um, so at some point there's a fine line as to what you can pay people to come to work and, and still maintain uh, a profitable business. So I think it's, a big part of it is is culture and how you treat your people and making sure that, um, you know, they're being treated well, the ones that we have, because really, I mean, it's a lot less expensive to keep the people that you have than it is to mine for new people. So um, I, I think a lot of what I'm hearing from our members is, is they're doing everything that they can, whether it's, you know, different incentives internally. Uh, making sure that they have uh, the time off that they need, making sure that they're using their vacation time because they get burnt out uh, just like anybody else. And, um, you know, basically treating people right and, and making sure that they're, they're in a place where they're, you know, they want, they want to be and where they feel valued. So uh, it's almost like any other work environment. It's just how do we create that space where people are, um, you know, happy to come to work and they feel valued. And there are some monetary incentives and there are other incentives um, that different retailers are using. Um, but again, it's, it's still very difficult based on, um, you know, people that had left the workforce that have not come back, right? Still that element out there. So you are listening to face Connecticut. We are talking to Wayne Pesh, president of the Connecticut food association, representing grocery stores around the state. I'm curious if the labor situation for grocers eased at all when the extended unemployment benefits went away a couple months ago. Well, I mean, that's that's a very good question. I mean, we're still really close to that. I mean, we're not that. I think that was September, if I'm not mistaken, um, when it ended. We have not seen um, that uptick, uptick in um, uh, employee uh engagement or folks coming to look for work at, at a grocery store. I had one retailer tell me the other day that they brought on nine people. They interviewed nine people uh, last week. Um, you know, uh, they, they hired six of those people based on background checks and drug, um, uh, drug tests. Uh, three of them showed up and, uh, uh, you know, three days later, one of those people stuck. So um, we're, we're getting people in the door, but again, you know, I, I would say that uh, the idea of hiring just anybody doesn't make sense for any business. I, I think we're all looking for people that want to come to work and do the job. And the idea that, you know, we'll hire anybody with a warm body is a mistake for anybody to hire that person. So, um, you know, we're, we're, we're sifting through the applicants that we get. And, um, you know, we're looking to give them a home long term if we can. And um, you know, create people who are going to uh, come to work and 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 last for a while, and try to find people um, that want to come to work in in the food business. So 
Uh, it's it's challenging. I will say that. Very challenging right now. It's prime time for Connecticut food pantries this time of year with the holidays approaching, and a big source of food for them is grocery stores. How is the supply crunch affecting charitable giving? We're, you know, I we work very closely with uh, with Connecticut Food Share, and um, we're in we're in really good shape. Uh, I was actually with the folks from Food Share last Thursday night, and um, you know everything is in place. We don't we don't see any disruption in our ability to uh, donate food. Um, 70% of the food that goes to the Connecticut food pantries comes from traditional grocery stores. And uh, we don't see any disruption as it relates to being, you know, being able to help out with, uh, with the food pantries that we currently work with throughout the state. Um, not going to be an issue. We're talking tons of food each year. Yep, we are. And uh, again, uh, there's not a food shortage supply. The, the, the issue is particular items based on either the manufacturing of those items and their ability to get products to us based on whatever their uh, current situation is. Uh, uh, can we get trucks from that particular facility to uh, you know our warehouses and can we get that from our warehouse to the to the store shelf? So the supply chain is actually very amazing um, as it relates to its ability to forecast demand, get that demand created, put on a truck, shipped to a distribution facility and into, you know, into onto a shelf. Um, that's in normal times. But right now what we're seeing is, is, you know, we lost a lot of people, um, you know, due to, uh, you know, falling out of the workforce and, 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 and not deciding that they didn't want to do uh, whatever they were doing in their career within the food chain. We've seen, uh, uh, a shortage of drivers to get products from the manufacturer to the stores. Um, so it's, it's really kind of upside down still at this point. And um, it'll get back to wherever it gets to soon enough, but um, certainly not in time for this holiday season. And certainly uh, not until the middle of 2022, where we see, you know, that supply chain kind of, you know, operating, uh, efficiently again, because it's it's actually operating very inefficiently right now. Going back to the issue of inflation for a moment, I know that costs must be passed on one way or another to the consumer, and it seems some manufacturers will will increase the price, others will shrink the packaging. H have you seen any research about what is more palatable to the consumer? Are they more willing to accept a higher price or a smaller package? Well, you know, it's interesting. That's a that's a very astute question because that is something that many manufacturers uh, had been doing prior to the pandemic to, you know, portion control, keep costs down. But but what we're seeing here is 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 actually not that combination of you know a, a, a smaller size package for a higher price. Um, what we're seeing here is really what's driving is, is higher costs on, you know, prices, soybean prices are up, price for feed and livestock is up. Um, so some of those costs have actually gone up and the, the real costs are up. It's, it's, so it's not, it's not a bait and switch saying, hey, I'm going to give you eight ounces for $4.99 versus six ounces, you know, for, for $4.59. There's, there's really... Um, 
those two things don't marry up in this environment and that's not what's causing the inflation um what's causing the food inflation food inflation is is really um you know the the, the cost increases around gasoline and and all of these other items these food items whether they're you know perishable items feed for livestock soybean prices they're all up and eventually when you know, goods are manufactured and and they get to the grocery store they're they're costing more um, um you know even if it was uh, the same size of what it was you know six months ago so um interesting question very interesting question and you will continue to see you know the downsizing of some of these products you know you get a couple ounces less for the same price uh, but it's it's really not the same conversation as to why price costs are going up on consumers right now now I'm curious if you saw the video this past week of this brazen shoplifting in Oxford at a grocery store where people were just piling in cartload after cartload of it looked like detergent and taking off and is is that something the industry is increasingly concerned about well it, you know what this is not a connecticut trend right this is a national trend we've seen stores in certain markets in california and texas and i believe illinois uh actually close due to high rates of um of shoplifting uh, I happened to see the video of that group in Oxford that went in and stole all that Tide and all of those cleaning products. They've identified one of those folks. Uh, the police have identified one of those folks, and hopefully they're prosecuted to the fullest extent. Uh, but it's a real issue for us every day. Uh, many, many retailers, um, not many, but some retailers in the state of Connecticut have installed facial recognition software. Um, so that, you know, once we've identified somebody who's been into a store or somebody who's been, you know, tagged as somebody who's a shoplifter, we can catch them coming in the door. Um, so technology will help with some of that. Um, but uh, there's some brazen stuff happening out, out there uh, as it relates to what people are willing to do uh, and shoplifting in general. And it's something that um, I hope that the folks in Oxford uh, are made an example of, and that, um, you know, this is something that uh, we deal with every day, 365 days a year. Why target detergents? Are those easier to move, you know, on the secondary market or are they high value items? Resell. Yes. It's a resale value value. So, so think about it, right. That, that, those, those bottles of Tide that you saw, you know, going into that van were 1999 a piece. You know, you, you can offload those almost anywhere for, you know, eight or 10 bucks, right? Pretty quickly. And people will buy them uh, on, on whatever black market there is for items like Tide and, and, you know, highly consumable items. But yeah, that's the reason why. Has there been more dialogue between grocers and police in Connecticut recently, given the, the increase in, in crime we, we've seen? Not necessarily. Um I, you know, I think I think it is not just a grocery store phenomenon. I mean, you're seeing it with you know boosted cars, and you know there's all of these 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 break-ins to cars, and so crime is definitely up. And you know, we deal with crime in our stores every single day. Uh, it's great when we get it on video and it gets published published like that, so that we can kind of you know go after those folks and make an example of them. 
Uh, but again, this is something that is happening in society today and um, something that we deal with uh, every day. I worked in New York for many, many years. And in New York, what they do, uh, baby food is another um, uh, item that um, has a high resale value because of the cost. And in New York, um, specifically in areas in Queens and Brooklyn, they, they, they lock down aisles and uh, you, you're let into that aisle. Um, um, you know, if you want to shop there, uh, managers got to let you in. I don't, I don't see that happening anytime in Connecticut, but it's something that's on our radar, something that we're certainly uh, aware of. And, um, you know, from an association standpoint, anything we can do to help our members uh, mitigate those those factors is is something that we'd certainly be, you know, willing to explore and look at. He is Wayne Pesh, president of the Connecticut Food Association, representing grocery stores around the state. Thank you so much for joining us this morning. Always a pleasure, Aaron. Thanks for listening to Face Connecticut. I'm Aaron Kupek. Enjoy the balance of your weekend. Face Connecticut is a production of the News and Public Affairs Department of WTIC Radio. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, oh.